Life Happens Weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. Nine minutes past two o'clock. My name is Asanda Peta. Thank you so much for staying with SAFM. So we get into now in the second hour of the show, the final hour, because we're with you until three, uh, into our Who Is feature. So remember, you can engage with us. Call us on 0891-104-207. SMS us on 41391. SMSs are charged at 150 per SMS. And then you can WhatsApp your voice notes to 061-410-4107. Mr. Omar Bachais, who we are talking about today. He's renowned South African photographer and artist. Now, Bacha has been capturing images of South Africa's history for decades, and there's quite a collection of photographic essays that he has. He headed the photography unit of the Second Carnegie Commission on Poverty and Development, and in 1999 founded the highly history online, uh, highly successful rather, and award-winning history project, South African History Online, and that's the largest history website on the African continent. We'll find out more about who Omar Bacha is. But in 2017, first, Mr. Omar Bacha was awarded the degree of Doctor of Philosophy in recognition of his pioneering work in documentary photography in South Africa as one of the country's foremost documentary photographers. So let's listen to a, a clip. Mr. Chancellor, I have the honor to present to you Omar Bacha with a request that you confer on him the degree Doctor of Philosophy Honoris Causa. The decision by Council and Senate to award him this degree has been taken on the grounds of the following considerations. Through the lens of his camera, distinguished documentary photographer Omar Bacha has for many years advanced history teaching and learning by chronicling the stories of ordinary people who have made extraordinary contributions to achieve a democratic, non-racial, and just South African society. Spurred into political activism after the 1960 Sharpeville massacre, the young Bacha became a key player in trade unionism in the 1970s. As the founding secretary of the Chemical Workers Industrial Union and an active member of the Natal Indian Congress, this native Durbanite took up photography to document work-related injuries at chemical plants and illustrate the history of the trade union movement. The self-taught artist has since proved himself a leader in shaping social documentary photography in South Africa. In addition, he served as the head of the photography unit of the second Carnegie Commission on Poverty and Development and founded the University of Cape Town's Center of documentary photography. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. My first uh, degree I got was from a number of uh, industrialists in Durban. I was a a trade union organizer, and they called me the Red Indian. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wore that with great pride. I've never been to university, but I have all my life been very close to education, knowledge, production, running classes. Um, As a trade unionist, we would organize at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the evening we would have classes. Involved a lot of academics, people like my very close friend, 
Rick Turner, Alec Irvin, and, and many others. I'm also part of what is called South African History Online. It's one of the biggest websites in the continent now, history website in the continent. And I'm hoping that we would work closer with you at Stellenbosch University. So with those few words, I must again say thank you very much for recognizing and giving me this honor. And I would carry it with great deal of pride. Thank you. You just heard there in the clip Omar Baksha, renowned South African photographer and artist. Uh, we were uh, taking it back to 2017 when Mr. Omar Baksha was awarded the degree of Doctor of Philosophy in recognition of his pioneering work in documentary photography in South Africa. He joins us now via telephone on Life Happens. Good afternoon, uh, Mr. Baksha. Thank you for making time. Good afternoon, Sandra, and thank you for inviting me. Well, it's our pleasure. We want to get to know uh, all the rest of South Africa, to get to know you uh, more in terms of the work that you've done. Uh, let's go back in, in where you started. First of all, your parents coming to South Africa from India in the late 1890s. But you're getting into the field that you are uh, in, photography and artistry. It's interesting that you are self-taught because your father uh, was uh, a pioneer artist as well and being part of the first black arts group in Durban. And then your uncle as well, uh, Mr. Musa Bacha, was a photojournalist. So how is it that they didn't teach you or, or you are self-taught? <laughs> well, no, they did teach me, uh, by the way, you know, as a young boy, very young boy, uh, watching them working, hanging their work, uh, taking pictures or painting. So you learn you by watching your, your father, your Oh, our line is quite bad. Uh... Sorry. Um, one doesn't really uh, take That's note good. of these things when one is very young. Uh, it's only later that one begins to appreciate what was being done around you and appreciate the impact that it was being made on one's life. I never started off or wanted to be an artist. I actually... Um, uh, just stumbled onto it when my father realized that I was going through a tough time after high school, and then he gave me a set of carving tools, and 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 that was how I began to start working as a, a in, in the arts and learning um, and watching and reading an enormous amount. You know, and, and and so yeah, I I began to exhibit uh, quite extensively, and and you know, with each exhibition, each each work, you build up a confidence slowly, uh, and yeah, and, you know, I've won a number of awards for my work, but I was always involved also politically and yeah. so my main concern was politics to 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 make changes around 
us uh, to in our lives and it was a very difficult time in the 60s. Let's talk about that because I mean you say that uh, art was not what you had your eyes on but more politics and you first became politically active uh, at a young age when you were still in high school and that was uh, in the wake of the 1960s Sharpeville massacre. Becoming Deputy Secretary of the Durban Students Union, tell us about that. Well, you know, we all grew up uh, in the 50s, all black people in the 50s, with this sector of mass removals and the Group Areas Act, and leave alone the, all the other disabilities that we faced. And this hanged over our heads and our families and shaped us. And then we began to see a mass uprooting of people, and it had an impact on us as young people, um, and it was immediately apparent that, you know, we have to organize. But it was a time when open organization for political parties that one had uh, affinity to was banned. So, you know, as young people, we began to find new ways uh, in in uh, getting true to people. So when I began... Yeah, so I became drawn into a network and also was involved in setting up networks where, you know, we had discussion group, um, cultural activities, and we built a, a network of people who all went on to play an important role in the black consciousness movement, other political parties, in the trade unions. So that was my evolution, like a lot of my colleagues uh, who I worked with in that period. I was also become part of the underground at that stage, working closely with Archie Gumede uh, and, and uh, Phyllis Naidu, AKM Dokrat, and, and I was involved then also in welfare work, in fact, looking after people who came out of the island or making sure that families were able to to survive, giving them support wherever one could. And, but that was how we were grounded in becoming activists and becoming members of the uh, liberation movement. We need to take a short break. Uh, we'll continue, uh, Mr. Bacha. Please do stay with us. Uh, Omar Bacha is part of our Who Is feature here on Life Happens. Uh, do stay with us. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 105.3 FM in Uppington. Uh, who is uh, guest is Omar Bacha, renowned South African photographer and artist here on Life Happens. Uh, Mr. Bacha, I mean, you mentioned then your work uh, with trade unionists and uh, being part of that. Then you decided you, you're going to leave exhibiting. But then in 1976, you, you took up photography and started working as a freelance uh, photographer, uh, having compiled a book of photographic essays called uh, Letter to Fazana. This was banned. Tell us about that process of why it was banned and, and what that uh, made you feel uh, in terms of your work and whether you would continue to be a photographer or not. Well, first, 
basically, uh, I, I started to uh, become interested in photography when I was in the unions, and the idea of using photographs and photography to in teaching workers. But and and then when I became full time involved. Uh, uh, as a photographer, um, it was the same time as my daughter was born, Farzana, and um, and so you know I was photographing children, she and other children, and then it was the activists and academic, the very famous Fatima Mir, who was running uh, IBR Institute of Black Research approached me to say, you know, Omar, we, we need to do something about children's rights and draw attention to the state of the child in South Africa and to celebrate the International Year of the Child. And so she said, let's put together an exhibition and a book. And I, without thinking, I said yes. I didn't realize how difficult a task that's going to be, but nevertheless, I worked very closely with uh, Professor Mir, and um, and so we produced the book. Fortunately, we pre-sold the book to activists and and and, and uh, people in our community, uh, and so when we opened the exhibition, the, the night. Uh, the next morning, security police came and, you know, gave me a order saying that the book is banned. But we had we did beat the system um, by having that book sold before it came out, and and so that was the beginning of of putting together as working as a documentary photographer, learning the craft. Um, you know, uh, of putting together photographic essays, and it was uh, you know uh, a, a period where I began to work with other photographers, young mm-hmm. photographers, and you know it just grew out of that. Grew my involvement as a photographer plus running workshops for people. Some of the first group of people that I ran workshops for uh, for and taught in photography were people who came out from the Robben Island. Some Mm. of my old comrades who had come out without jobs, we had to find ways of either re-tooling them, you know, finding work for them. Um, and so, yeah, some of them became photographers and earned their living before they went into exile. Some of them went into exile, others remained. But, yeah, so it, combining my politics and my interest in art and photography has always been the, the trajectory of my life. Uh, I gave up art because I was you know, became very involved with young students who were part and parcel of the Wages Wages Commission. And we began, I began working with them. 
producing newsletters and and then when things when the 1973 strikes well before the strikes we started what was called the General Factory Workers Benefit Fund uh-huh. and after the strikes we decided no we take the bull by the horn we will break the law we will begin organizing in workers into trade unions and that's what happened so the beginnings of what is the the first unions that I was involved in was the metal and allied workers union and then textile and you name it the divisions between unions was there was no division we all worked together but we then created industrial units and i became head organizing chemical workers also and the secretary mm. of the chemical workers union uh, so you know our lives sort of we we remember we as young in the 1960s we began to think about and act and organize to bring about change so when the when the situation arose there was new energy in the air we grabbed that uh, and and out of that you know organized young people and workers into organize you know Yeah. trade unions and, and we're going to continue on that because i mean that was not without challenges at some point you were refused a passport to travel to uh, new york when there was the international center of photography and and in in all the efforts that you did to kind of bring f- uh, photographers as a collective you were kind of uh, uh, you, you had impediments on the road we'll talk about that and why that didn't deter you uh, but i want to introduce to you now a surprise guest the, uh, cedric nan uh, this is uh, one of the uh, people you mentored i don't know if you will remember him in the early 80s we're going to go right back there uh, cedric nan is a documentary photographer let's welcome you cedric to the show good afternoon Thank you very much Ayanda and thank you and SAFM for what you are doing uh uh acknowledging the work of Umar Bacha. Umar hi how are you? Hi <laughs> Memories yes, I'm you, sure Ayanda. you've got a lot of memories to share. Cedric uh, share with us your you know the the your, the first uh, impressions that you got of Mr. Bacha. Well I I remember meeting uh Umar Um I was in a in a in a, a tiny backyard room a house uh, visiting a friend who was um uh, uh the also an emerging photographer at the time Peter McKenzie mm. and Peter McKenzie was was uh, was instructing me he was one of the first black photographers in to train in a technicon uh in South Africa and um and so I was getting sort of unofficial tuition from from Peter and uh, Umar walked into this uh, little back room in uh, the Kalad township of Sydenham uh, in search of Peter McKenzie to recruit him no doubt <laughs> mm. <laughs> he encountered me there as well and when he heard that I was also on a quest to uh, develop a career and uh, sort of an activist career in photography he immediately took me under his wing and at mm. that point peter mckenzie was about to finish his, his degree uh, course at at uh, and then known as the natal technicon and moved to johannesburg and so um i was then able to continue working with 
uh, Umar and experience his great generosity of spirit, taking me into his tiny dark room, giving me a liberty to use his dark room at will, and also his his vast library of photographic books um, that was uh, uh, a huge part of uh, my education, as and most importantly, his mm. mind. You know, shaping, mm. uh, helping me with my thinking and. Uh, encouraging me. Uh, Umar was there when I did my first professional job, which was a complete flop. And he was the one that held my hand through that, 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 <laughs> that, uh, <Yeah>. that uh, <laughs> great disappointment. <laughs> so things like that, you know, just, um, you know, I'm, I've been picked up by the security branch and uh, them not being impressed that I was uh, associating with, a, with a, 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 you know, bad element like Umar Pacha and uh, a long, long history. And then, of course, benefiting hugely from, because at, when I met Umar, he was just about, with, along with Paul Weinberg, to launch um, the leg- now legendary photographic collective, and that became an, uh, 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 an agency called Afropix. Yeah. And that was really Umar's idea and, uh, and, and, and impetus. And, and then I went on to be a member of Afropix, and that hugely advanced yeah. my, uh, not only my career, but just my journey in photography. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing, uh, Cedric, in terms of the impact uh, Mr. Batcha has had on you. We need to go to news headlines, uh, and then we'll continue a little bit uh, with you, uh, Mr. Batcha, if you can just stay with us. We appreciate your time. Cedric Nunn is documentary photographer. 14.32 is our time. Over to you, Utsile Saku, with the headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105 FM in Peter Maritzburg. Omar Bacha, renowned South African photographer and artist, is uh, in our Who is a feature uh, talking about the life and times of him. And it's wonderful that we celebrate our, you know, stalwarts in the country as as they are still here with us. It's And it's also amazing to hear, uh, Mr. Bacha, you know, the impact that you've had on, on many lives. Cedric Nunn uh, telling us about how you've influenced him. It's no wonder because we know you've even re- regarded as one of the leading and most influential anti-apartheid cultural activists you are a recipient of a number of awards. We can name them. But I wanted to come back to the point of the, there were some, you know, moments where you were barred and refused passports to travel. As we said, even some of your work was, was banned. What kept you going? How, how did you not stop in, in terms of your agenda? Sorry, Asanda. I, I... Hello? Hello, can you hear me, Mr. Bacha? I think we've lost him on the line there. But renowned South African photographer and artist is who we're speaking to. We'll try and get a hold of him and see if we can get maybe another three minutes to wrap uh, with him. Uh, so, I mean, for the t- time that he was uh, in the, the, the limelight of South Africa, he made a lot of uh, contribution in terms of photography, documentary photography, uh, exhibitions and all of that, as well as a compilation of a, a book. So we just heard that that was banned and it was named after his daughter. 
author, uh, that uh, book called Letter to Fazana. Uh, and unlike many other activists, which is what I wanted to ask him maybe when we wrap up, is he didn't make himself available for political office, uh, but he continued to actively work uh, with civil society. So that's also interesting to find out in terms of what kept him going. Uh, Mr. Bacha, I understand you're back with us. You know telephones, we yes. don't control them. But anyway, what kept you going when there were still so many challenges in your journey in terms of people wanting to stop you from continuing the anti-apartheid work that you did? Well, you know, that's a difficult question to ask, answer. But, the, you know, you grow up with the, with the sense that, and you're told that, you know, the most important thing that we have to do to, is to ensure that we fight for our freedom. And so you, you have this lesson of, and this goal of fighting for freedom um, all the time. And you begin to recruit people and you become part and parcel of a growing circle of activists um, and, and begin to see that you are making a, 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 you know, an impact on, on, on society. But more important, you're beginning to feel strong in the sense that ordinary people begin to come forward and begin to act in the trade unions, in, in their communities. And that gives you a great sense of, uh, you know, uh, confidence that uh, no matter what you do, you know, people are organizing uh, uh, and and so that gives you the sense of continuing with with the idea of freedom and and building new types of organizations. One of the things that we did and the change the way people organized in in the country was unlike the fifties. Now in the seventies and eighties we began to build organizations that were much more democratic and, you know, accountable, making people accountable, leadership accountable, but also building solidarity. Mm. The thing that kept us going was to be able to build solidarity between ourselves and our communities. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, what's interesting, uh, Mr. Bacha, is that you didn't want to become uh, part of political office. You opted to continue with civil society, rather. Why that decision is interesting to me. Well, you know, I, <laughs> after years of being actively involved in politics, uh, you learn that, uh, you know, there are a number of things that we were confronted with in, in 1990 is to, on the one hand, begin building organizations for change, beginning to now uh, getting ready to take power. Uh, and in the process, you also realize that we have to, we don't have enough people on the ground. If everyone goes after 1994 into government, then organizations on the grounds are going to suffer. And that debate, well, it was a no-brainer for me. I just decided that I would not be very comfortable being a full-time 
political activists or parliamentarian or whatever, I you know went back mm. to what I thought was uh, where I I wanted to go continue as an artist and a photographer, but at the same time remain active in communities. So that's what I did. And we appreciate your contribution to our society and we are blessed that we can talk to you uh, directly in this time. And Mr. Omar Bacha, we'll leave it there because we are out of time. Thanks again for your time. Thank you very much. Renowned, renowned South African photographer and artist uh, he is. Let's take a short break and Life Happens continues after this.